0: exciting times because you all just heard our intro, which just wasn't on our last episode. So hope you guys enjoyed hearing Mike Todd return. Hopefully you guys didn't think anything inconspicuous is happening. I just, I think I uploaded the wrong audio file, which also big ups to us, like not having an episode where we needed to make any edits because that would have been big bad.
1: Yeah, I was, because uh, as you all know, I'm the one that listens to all the episodes and I, was very confused when, cause normally when I'm listening, I've listened, I've been listening to a different show before listening to ours. And so the show previous had ended. So I'm like bracing myself because our intro is kind of loud and, um, and then it just didn't happen. And it was just like, hello. And I was like, huh? So then I went back and had to test it again. And then there was no outro music either. So I texted you and said, Hey, did we have a conversation about not using the intro outro music? We're
0: we're foregoing it entirely. There is no more music on this. It's just the sound of our voice. And if you guys don't like that, well, I'm not going to say it because I've, I've wasted my first F word in the first minute and a half in the last two episodes. And um, well, there's no sense in that because I've got my Christmas tree up. So it's just happy vibe. And I have a little one. I have a Hi, little one. 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 I, I think I'm going to take it to work, but currently it is on my podcasting desk. So um, so we love that. A little bit of a forest here. I got it from the Target like $3 section. So I can't She's complain. She's very cute. She is. She is. It's it's Thanksgiving week, y'all. Like it's time to eat. Hopefully, y'all are ready for that because the Blue Jackets are certainly going to have their opportunity to eat this week because
1: they play a lot of hockey. They do. They do play a lot of hockey. And I had to. Speaking of Thanksgiving, and this is we'll get back on point, but they put out another one of those like hotline videos. Say mm-hmm. um, about this girl wanted advice about. she wants to celebrate with her family, but her boyfriend wants to celebrate with his family. And I just had to laugh at the realization that for basically 85% of the people that were in that video of the players that were in that video, Thanksgiving is not a holiday that they celebrate. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure they do here, like now that they're in the NHL and like they're mostly in, you know, the United States, but, like, it's just funny, like, the concept of them, and I, I've i seen a couple of other, like, um, videos from other teams on TikTok where they're, like, asking them what their favorite Thanksgiving sides are, and I'm, like, not all, not all of them do this, <laughs> like. I the Canadians have Thanksgiving,
0: it's just not in November, it's, like, October, yeah, it's in, like, like-
1: early october yeah yeah.
0: so i mean they have it so i mean maybe they can give some of that feedback about like whose house do you go to but yeah it's fascinating to think about like just how like americanized and like north americanized a lot of these like promo packages are because it's like what do you think about cranberry sauce and karell marchenko's like huh (laughs) like what what is
1: a cranberry
0: (laughs) russian is that your russian accent
1: yeah, it was terrible.
0: That's okay. That's okay. You went for it in a way that I was afraid to, so kudos to you for that. But what? Okay, wait. Let's start the episode that way, though. Mm. If, if the NHL players are telling everybody what their favorite side dish is at Thanksgiving, I think it's time for us to do the same, don't you?
1: Oh. You're going to be Beer mad because I side have... Dish. That's kind of disappointing. Um, I... That would not be one of my choices you as you know. Drinking an all oh. day all day IPA. Very right fancy.
0: Very good. Tell tell me I'm from Grand Rapids right now without telling me that I live in Grand Rapids. <laughs> me just drinking founders on you, Tuesday, Monday night.
1: You have assimilated.
0: I really it hasn't have. Even
1: been a year Almost though. So close. So Is your close. stalling
0: helping you to come up with a side dish?
1: Um no I have one. Um my favorite side dish is corn pudding.
0: So when you say corn pudding, do you mean like favorite the like corn, corn bread with like cream like cream corn in it essentially?
1: No, cuz like it's not corn like you wouldn't pick it up with your hands.
0: No, you still eat it with a fork, but it's like you use like jiffy, and like it's like cream corn, sour cream, like all that kind of stuff, and it. Yeah,
1: but it doesn't. It doesn't have like. It's more of like a casserole, less of a bread. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're, I call it cornbread casserole. I don't call it corn pudding. We've always called it corn pudding or baked corn, I guess. This
0: is the this is the difference, folks, between Central Ohio and Northeast Ohio. It's coming to blows right here, right now.
1: Well, and so that's what they call it at City Barbecue, too. It's the same thing.
0: Oh, the more you know.
1: Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Corn pudding, I mean,
0: it's really good. I I want to say it was, like, later in my life that I got introduced to our Thanksgiving. I, like, I think through, like, all of the years of, like, the the menu. And I don't think corn pudding, cornbread casserole, whatever y'all call it. Let us know what you
1: call it. know I'm curious. Um, or if you even know what we're talking about in general. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we'll we'll clip this audio and we'll make it a poll on our Twitter and we'll just figure it out from there. But um, but yeah, I think for me, oh man. I like it's one of those things where like I always make you go first so I can think about it, and then I never do. <laughs> I think it's a classic, but like good mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving. And I'm not talking about like I'm talking like standing over a sink for a half hour, peeling like a metric fuck ton of potatoes and throwing them in the pot, waiting forever for them to boil, and then like just going to town on them. Like that to me is like there's nothing better than a potato that's been treated right. <laughs> Some of y'all don't <laughs> treat your potatoes right. Some of y'all just don't treat your potatoes right. And it's a lot of people out here that have potatoes other than just mashed or sweet potatoes at their Thanksgiving. I want to talk to you. What what would be the other kind? I've seen Thanksgiving recipes for like potatoes au gratin and like all that kind of stuff, and I'm like, that's maybe a Christmas dish.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that for the food at Thanksgiving is already because we're not macaroni and cheese people at Thanksgiving not- either.
0: I never was either, and recently my dad discovered that he has a son that can make homemade mac and cheese really well, thanks to the adaptation from your recipe, by the way, and so, and so, like, I've, we've become a mac and cheese household only because my dad really enjoys that mac and cheese, and I think last year, I think we spent $40 on the various cheeses, because, like, you know how that goes, like, you don't ever use all of them, but you need to buy all of them to be able to, like. Yeah,
1: it's. It's not an inexpensive dish. Like,
0: it's the, it's the way that crafts has ruined it for us, in the same way that like ramen has ruined it for us, like instant ramen. Cause, like, if you go to get ramen, it's 20 bucks. Like, it's just like nothing is as cheap as like the stores make you think it is.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just, we don't do a lot of cheesy stuff at Thanksgiving, like, um, we have, like, well, because it's k- kind of, like, from where I'm from. But, like, we do, like, a trail bologna and cheese tray as, sure. like, an appetizer.
0: I respect that.
1: You know, for people that don't know, it's, like, a bologna, you know, summer sausage type situation. But it's specifically from this one place in Ohio from where I grew up. Anyway. Um, is, that, is that Troyer's?
0: Is that is that the one that's near you? Or is that the one that's in Newark?
1: uh Troyers is near us but this is like and actually I think Troyers is in no whatever because it's the reason why it's called Trail Baloney is because it's made in Trail Ohio
0: oh you just learned me something I had no idea
1: yeah so there's like variations of it obviously because they're they're not the only people that make it but the actual like trail baloney and cheese situation is trail baloney from trail ohio this is fascinating stuff i grew up in a very small place hey it says troyer's trail bologna oh, oh. then it must be Troyer's that makes that is in trail
0: this is so fascinating
1: but like guggisberg are... makes their own
0: this is so fun I'm learning so much. I hope you all didn't come here for hockey because you're getting trail bologna lessons tonight. And I'm not a tech. If
1: you're a person that will, because not a lot of people, well, I don't know. I don't know how people feel about the texture of bologna, but like it has a really nice texture. Like it's firm. It's not like it's
0: more like weird. a salami.
1: It's like it's yeah. not like squishy, like bologna is to some people. And it's I like really well spiced like and it's great with cheese. And crackers.
0: Yeah, Yeah, especially... Okay, next question. What kind Mm -hmm. of cracker is your go-to cracker for a trail baloney?
1: Okay, so for me...
0: (laughs) You were ready. You were so ready in a way that you... Well, because this
1: differs in my family. This differs in my family. I am not... Unless it's like on top of a casserole, I am not a Ritz cracker girly. Huh? I know, it Why? doesn't make any sense. However, I love townhouse crackers. When you say
0: townhouse, do you mean like the club crackers or do you mean like the like? No,
1: the oval ones. Okay.
0: Do you ever, do you remember the days of the, oh, I don't know if they were called ridged or like what it was called, but they used to have like ones that like had ridges on it. And my mom and I always used to get the um the chicken salad, the lemon chicken almond salad from giant mm. eagle with those crackers specifically. And it was literally are they the square ones? Are they rectangle? They're not square square. They're they're kind of oval. They might but be, I don't be know they no, they are townhouse. It's just like they're like they have like they had a separate one that was like townhouse, but then there was like townhouse, like
1: Ridges or whatever.
0: I keep wanting to say ribbed, and that is the wrong product. Like that is the absolute wrong product. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, it is. is the wrong product. Um, mm-hmm. So, for those of you who are really wondering, uh, there is a, uh, blah, blah, blah. Troyer's trail baloney is one of the best examples of local fare we can recommend. Our trail baloney comes from the fourth generation of the Troyer family. Don't be fooled by imitators. There is only one Troyer's, Troyer's trail baloney. Made in Trail, Ohio, and sold exclusively by Ohio retailers.
1: Look at us both being right. I mean, it's good shit. Like, it's and really I shit. I grew up in the heart of Amish country. I am not, not Amish. A um, but it's just been a net, like, and when I came to college, when I came to college at Otterbein, um, my group of girlfriends were fascinated by the fact that I grew up in Amish country and so I was always being asked to bring stuff back to Westerville to take them up there. Like, so it's was an experience. Yeah. This
0: is, this is the subjectively speaking PSA of the week. If you're the person that thinks that the superior place to buy your cheese is in Ohio, is at Grandpa's Cheese Barn in Ashland? You've got it all the way McFucked Up. It's Heine's Cheese Chalet. 100%. Correct oh, my... Finally-
1: one of my best friends lives literally right up the hill from Heine's. so
0: let me know when she puts her house on the market because i'm interested <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes and we're also the home of baby swiss cheese so but i know swiss cheese can be a polarizing subject for some people
0: is it that's fascinating to make swiss cheese feels so agreeable to me
1: casey my best friend my other best friend not the one that lives up the hill from the cheese house, Casey, hates Swiss cheese. Like, and she's the only one of us out of the three of us, my little group from home, who actually has like Amish blood in her. And she hates Swiss cheese.
0: Fascinating. Mm -hmm. The more you know, the more you know.
1: But before... This was a trip. Before we yeah. end this, I want to give a special shout out to my... My dad does not cook very often, but he has a few staple things that he makes really well, and at Thanksgiving, he makes homemade cranberry sauce, and it is my favorite cranberry sauce ever.
0: My grandma makes really good cranberry sauce, too, I have to say. like, I am sure that... Like, Dolly or hom- Joyce? Joyce. Um... She also used to make, and maybe somebody can help me with this. She also used to make oyster stuffing. Like oh, it was to... like
1: little pieces
0: of oysters in it? Yeah, like canned oysters. Fascinated me. I never had it because I was always afraid of it. And she doesn't make it anymore, so I kind of regret like missing that bus. But like, if there are well, people you out there really... that have a family that does that regularly, let me know how it tastes.
1: You weren't really a seafood person until like recently.
0: No, I really so, wasn't. And I still am, like, I still think it's not my preference unless I'm in a place where, like, it's the specialty, to be honest. Like, I'm just, like, not, like, it's fine.
1: I did hear that I am making your grandma Dolly's day this Thanksgiving, though.
0: Oh, with pies? Mm-hmm. Your
1: dad. Tell- your dad ordered her two favorites, apparently. My Buckeye oh,
0: like, pie Let me guess, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Don't, t- don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Um... She loves the way you cut your apples. Yep. <laughs> one
1: of them. Yep.
0: And then your dad.
1: Your dad told me the whole story about how she loves the way I cut my apples for my apple pie.
0: It's, I mean, it is unconventional, y'all. Like, I, like, have to say this, like, with all the love. Like, it is weird. Like, it is not the way that I've ever had another apple pie made, but it's so much better than a normal apple pie. Laura dices her apples in a way that where like, they almost are, like, the size of, like, I would almost say, like, if you get, like, diced potatoes in a can.
1: Yeah, they're about, like, half size. an inch, half an yeah. inch size. Um, but I, although I think I've said it on the show before, but this has just turned into a Thanksgiving podcast. Um, I don't eat apple pie. I, yeah, it's so weird to me, have a thing. I'm a little bit better about it now as an adult, but as a child, my, I had a very sensitive sense of smell. And as my dad's favorite dessert was apple dumplings. And my mom would make them all the time. And there was something about the smell of the baking cinnamon apple situation. Plus, my parents just always kept our house really too hot. And I have, like, a real heat sensitivity. And it would just, it would make me so nauseous, like, just to be in the presence of it. It doesn't do that now, obviously, because Apple is one of my best-selling pies. So if it was making me nauseous, that would be a real interesting experience. Um, But yeah, I don't eat apple pie. So it's uh, when I started getting really nice compliments about the one that I was making, I was like, I'm going to have to take your word for it because... It's
0: good, y'all. If you're Don't an have apple a clue. Pie person if you're an apple pie person you have to order this pie from Laura at some point in her in her endeavors because they're so good I'm sure she'll do something around the holidays so around Christmas so keep an eye out for that potentially so uh, we'll repost it because I think everybody deserves to have one of Laura's pies so my god what a what a whirlwind we just went through I think it's because like there's not really like a ton of like unpacking that I think we have to do like over the course of this last week. Uh, you know since friday the jackets have played a couple of games and one of them i don't know how much we want to talk about talking about swift cheese i mean
1: like yeah it was a bad time and you know i said this to you before we started recording recording but like it's another it's a tale of two different teams like the team that showed up on Saturday against Detroit is not the same team and got stomped on and lost six to one is not the same team that showed up yesterday, a whole 23 hours later and beat the Florida Panthers five to three. Like it's just, it is a weird circumstance that and I mean maybe it is like a shame concept like maybe it is the fact that they felt a lot of shame about their performance on Saturday so that like motivated them to be better on Sunday and the thing is is like yes they were better but there's still a lot of iffy things happening on the ice when the Blue Jackets are playing And it's getting kind of fresh, especially yesterday. And I'll let Jeremy talk about. I'm giving him permission to talk about kind of the analytics slash data side of things. For especially, we're just gonna pretend Detroit didn't happen because it was a nightmare. Um, But they, it's just bad. Like it's bad. Like on paper, statistically, it's not good.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to
1: I'm going to let you talk about it.
0: Well, and like both games weren't, right? Like for the Jackets, like obviously did not play the best on Friday. Like they were severely outchanced by Detroit. Detroit, you know, put up six on them, of course, but even in the expected goals total, they were hovering around 4. I mean, that was just a game that the Jackets really weren't exceptional at any point in the game. <laughs> And and that sucks because obviously like you're hoping like first of a home and home, you not home and home, excuse me, but back-to-back at home. And you kind of know like, okay, Corby's going to go on Friday. So you kind of know that Terry is going to go on on Saturday. And, you know, it's something about the way that this team like showed up <laughs> against Florida that was confusing. And I think what was even more confusing was like, the result like the final result of the game because the reality is folks like the jackets were like severely out outplayed i mean incredibly outshot against florida and somehow some way it's like that find a way mentality that the jackets like it felt like they trademarked in the mid you know, 2010s, right? Like around the John Tortorella style of hockey, where it was like, you just find a way to win. You find a way to win getting outshot 50 to 23 folks. You don't win very many hockey games that way getting outshot in the first period by a, like by a total of 18 to four, 16 to 12 in the second period. And then 16 to seven in the third period, not going to win you very many hockey games. And somehow some way for the jackets, it did going two for two on the power play helps. I'll give them that without a doubt. But the reality is, is this team won this game because of Daniil Tarasov. And on the flip of it, well, the Panthers kind of lost the game because of Sergei Bobrovsky. So, like, it's a very fascinating conundrum that game was to watch. But obviously, it's exciting to see the power play working. It's exciting to see a couple of guys get on the score sheet that, like, have been getting on the score sheet. But it's just nice to see them see them keep going and, and you know what's what is it i always say laura it's a lot of things i always say so let me like yeah not before you like throw yourself into a into a spiral but they don't ask how they ask how many and right now the jackets have added another win to the win column after that game against florida and not very many people are going to ask how it happened they're just going to know that it did
1: yeah i mean that's you know we always say it doesn't have to pretty, it have to be pretty it just has to count and like That is true. It's just I think they're going to start putting themselves in some really sticky situations if they can't start improving upon the things that are really crucially not going well, which is like keeping the puck out of our zone, being better defenders in front of our goaltenders, like keeping possession in the neutral zone, like turnovers are so, like literally i'm a baker friends like i'm about to bring over like six dozen turnovers just to be like hi this is the kind you want not the kind that's on the eyes um but and it's just the other thing is like we have such an interesting situation with our goaltenders right now obviously elvis is still injured and but both corpy and tarasov are recovering from the same Hip surgery. And here's how you injure your goalies either again or further or worse than anticipated is requiring that they be responsible for upwards of 50 plus shots when the opposing goalie is only getting in the mid-20s. Like the fact like you look at the difference between Daniel Tarasov and Sergey Bobrovsky, like Bob is a seasoned veteran goaltender. Now, granted, he should be a little flustered by the fact that um, he only faced like 20 some odd shots and we still got five goals. But then you look at Daniil Tarasov, which this is what his seventh, eighth NHL game. And he's just sitting here like literally getting the crap beat out of him with how many shots the Panthers took yesterday. So we just have to be better. And we also have to be better about not taking stupid penalties.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: it's it's one thing to, like, add a layer of grit and, like, that sort of angsty, like, we want to stand up for each other and, like, fight for each other and all that sort of stuff. But there's also a time and a place for it on the ice. And over the weekend, there were a couple of penalties of the Blue Jackets took where it's like, that is just not ideal. Like, you need, you can't play like that and play sloppy because when you have to make us a man down, like, and you're already in a terrible situation like we were with Detroit, like, you just can't come back from that. <laughs>
0: No, and I mean like I think like especially like the way that like the penalty that like when you say that stands out to me more than any is is the Erica Branson penalty that he took from cross checking, um, and I, I think that was I think that was Sunday's game against against Florida. But uh, you know it's moments like that where you just like it's hard to not get frustrated. And Laura, while you were while you were chatting, I went through and and looked at how many games I had to go back for the Blue Jackets to have led a game in shots on goal. The last time that the Blue Jackets led a game in shots on goal was night one in Tampere, Finland, against the Avalanche. Since then, the Blue Jackets have been outshot 45 to 32, 34 to 29, 46 to 29, 37 to 33, 42 to 29, 37 to 28, and 50 to 23 in the last seven games.
1: And what we've won five of those seven games,
0: four, but four. picked up a point in five, and yeah. so, huh? Like it just like it's baffling to me. Like, but that
1: it's baffling, and also like you know we're never gonna you know scoff at a win or whatever. But that's not sustainable play. Like, no, it can't be. You want to have people stop getting injured, like. Y'all, mo- most of our defensemen are Cleveland Monsters players, and that's how it's going to be for the rest of the season because we, like, we're like we putting ourselves in too many positions to get injured. Correct. And we're not playing smart hockey, and that also allows for injuries. And so they, they really have to tighten it up when they are in their own end or – we're literally going to be the entire Monsters roster. Like, and it will just, someone asked us uh, this, and maybe you can touch on it a little bit since you're covering the Monsters, but like who the Monsters pull from when we take their players. Oh, and it's yeah. like, we're just going to co- just convert whole teams, like, up. It, like, it's insanity. So, yeah, oh, they, just, a lot of things need to get, Tightened up, which they are things that can be tightened up without bringing, like, without needing to bring back the people who are out that are injured and are returning. Like, right. these are things that this current roster can do. Because if you live in the mentality like, oh, we have to wait until Patrick is back in, or oh, we have to wait until Adam Boquist is back in, or oh, you know, this, that, or the other thing, like, uh, bad news they're never gonna they're never gonna get anything done because patrick's been injured twice now this season and we already know that adam Boquist is a little tiny china doll made of glass so like it's just not you can't do that you have to fix it now with your current roster players
0: yeah yeah because you never know how long they're going to be they're going to be on the bench those guys that are hurt but but you know what i know for certain laura
1: that you can win a lot of money with DraftKings?
0: That is true. You can absolutely win a lot of money on DraftKings because hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So to your point about what's going on in terms of what happens down in Cleveland when when the Jackets break. So uh, kind of to this point, you know, it depends on the moment, right? So the Monsters and, and the AHL specifically do tend to play a majority of their games on the weekend. So when you look at an AHL roster, an AHL schedule, excuse me, you'll see like maybe Cleveland has like a handful of like Wednesday night games here or there, maybe a Thursday night game depending on the week. But overall, usually they're playing the majority of their games on the weekends. So if something happens to the Jackets on a Tuesday, you know, you can make some roster moves that, that don't necessarily affect the Monsters too dramatically. But a few weeks ago, it might have even been last week at this point, when the Jackets, like, had to recall, like, three Monsters, and I think two of which were defensemen, um, the Monsters actually skated a game last week with 13 forwards and five defensemen because the Jackets had depleted (laughs) them of their blue line. And so it does have an effect. And at the end of the day, like the thing that sucks for Monsters fans and like the thing that sucks for the AHL is like, let me tell you who's always going to come first. It's always the big club. It's always the NHL. So there's no consideration in almost any circumstance about what's going on in the AHL. Cleveland has a 10-game winning streak and Kroh Marchenko has scored in his last 12. But... The Jackets need a forward. They need a middle six forward, and they need him now. Sorry, Carell. Like, you're up. And obviously teams can, like, you know, manipulate that a little bit if they want a guy to stay in Cleveland get some really good experience. Like, they'll obviously, like, skip over somebody. Like, a perfect example is the Jackets have Billy Sweezy up right now. If you've never heard of Billy Sweezy, that is okay. You are probably not alone. Billy Sweezy, monster. He is actually on a two-way deal, an NHL deal with the Jackets. And so he – never really spends much time in the NHL at all. But the Jackets called him up instead of calling up David Jurecek, who is somebody who has traditionally been called up. But Billy Sweezy is playing a seventh defenseman role, and obviously right now you don't want that. And the players that you would normally go to for that, I don't know, like a Gavin Bayreuther or a Marcus Bjork, are playing because everybody's <laughs> broken. So, I mean, it just makes for a lot of unique circumstances. If the the Monsters need to call somebody up, they actually look at the East Coast Hockey League, which is the ECHL. If you are a Columbus hockey fan and you have been for a while and you're familiar with the Columbus Chill, that's an ECHL team. You're familiar probably, if you're a hockey fan now, with the Cincinnati Cyclone, the, the Toledo Walleye, again, all ECHL teams. And so the uh, AHL – well, I should say the affiliate – for the jackets in the ECHL is the Kalamazoo K-Wings. So the K-Wings is what they call them, the Kalamazoo Wings. And so only about an hour south of where I'm at right now is where the Blue Jackets have all of their ECHL talent that is currently a part of the organization, or it's also where the Monsters have them. So in the same way that, like, I just mentioned, Billy Sweezy's on a two-way deal With the NHL and the AHL, there are also AHL, ECHL contracts. And so that player might not be on an NHL deal. That player is on an AHL deal, but he could get moved down to the E and called back up to the A. Um, I don't know why they don't call the NHL the N. They just don't. (laughs) Um, But all of that to say, that's how that works. And you also see a lot of times like Cleveland or another franchise in the AHL will sign a professional tryout with a player who currently doesn't have a team, right? So, like, let's just say, like, I don't know what happened to James Neal and if he ended up signing a contract somewhere overseas or what have you. but I don't um, think he did. I don't think so either. So all of that is to say that if Columbus keeps taking everything from Cleveland, Cleveland could look at a guy like James Neal and say, hey, you want know, a professional tryout contract and he plays a couple of games and then when everybody's healthy, they're like, we're good on this now, I think so. That happens too. That happens quite a bit. Alex Galchenyuk, who is a former NHLer, he's a, I think he was the third overall pick back in 2013 is actually currently on a PTO with the Colorado Eagles, which is the Avalanche's uh, AHL team. So it happens a lot. I mean, the AHL teams and their front offices and their coaching staff, like Trent Vogelhuber, knows what to do with a, a roster that is ever changing. So they figure it out. They figure it out hardcore. And that's why I think if you can coach in the A, you can probably coach anywhere because it's just so much change all the time. And if you can manage that locker room, I think you can manage any, but but yeah, a very fascinating um, conundrum that the Blue Jackets create when everybody gets hurt.
1: Yeah, and I mean, big shout out to the roster that the Monsters did have in that shorthanded game last week because they still won. Yeah, they did. Like, and, you know, they are definitely finding ways to persevere in this circumstance. And, you know, obviously, I think what's really nice about the Monsters roster is that they seem like a really close knit group of guys. So, they are very supportive of each other and like, you know, understand when someone gets pulled up or whatever. And that's kind of been helpful too with the number of them we've had to pull up here to Columbus is that they already have like a relationship with each other. Like, it's not just us bringing up one person, like we're bringing up like two, sometimes three guys at a time. And you know, it, allows them to better assimilate to the situation in Columbus because they have, they, you know, have more familiar faces and they have people that they have either played on lines with already or like whatnot. So it's making that transition, I think a lot easier, um, too, but yeah, it's just, it's a crazy, crazy time. And I don't think it's going to get any less crazy being as we no. haven't even played 20 games yet.
0: Holy shit. This is such a long season. Anyway, uh, to kind of get like wrap up that piece of our show today with like just a little bit of an update for those folks who like may not necessarily follow the monsters too closely. Monsters currently are, uh, tied but you should to-
1: cause Jeremy writes for them.
0: Yeah. for the fact that Jeremy hasn't written an article since the start of the season and he really probably needs to do that before he gets told that he can't write articles anymore. Anyway.
1: Um, then there's that.
0: Then there's that. Anyway, the the monsters are currently sitting at third in the North Division. The top five teams out of the North Division make the playoffs. If you want to laugh, look at the AHL playoff format. It is really confusing and really chaotic. Twenty-three it's teams, garbage. Twenty-three teams make the playoffs. Anyway. <laughs> um the the weird thing about the monsters though is they currently, as we record this episode, even though they're uh, they're actually tied for second, so them and Rochester have the same amount of points. Um, Cleveland has given up the uh, the third most goals in the AHL so far this season. Um, they've given up sixty-two goals in fifteen games, which for those who are keeping track at home is um not great it is 15 no god 15 bad goals math. per game bad math <laughs> that was really really bad math they've given up 4.13 goals per game uh good news they've scored 62 goals this season so they're at a net zero but if it weren't for players like Kuro marchenko who's like putting up hella hell of goals or even like a trade fix who was caught up this week he trade fix was named the ahl player of the week this week and so like Obviously, like, if we keep losing people in Columbus <laughs> and we keep taking these pieces in Cleveland that have fifteen points in the last four games, things are gonna get messy. And I'm afraid that uh, Cleveland might not sustain the same amount of success that uh, they obviously hope that they will uh, throughout the rest of the season if the jackets keep getting hurt. But Laura, well, I- maybe,
1: Laura. maybe in in trade on instead of just having the whatever lineup the monsters have in March, they just have the Blue Jackets come and play the outdoor game since it'll be basically like a 50-50, if not 60-40 circumstance at that point.
0: Also play the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins. Could they also yeah. still do that?
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely that. Like <laughs> keeping the <laughs> opponent. But I mean, at that point,
0: Fuck it, you yeah. might as well. No, I totally agree. So that's a little bit for you to take note of down in the AHL for those who might be curious on how the season's going down in Cleveland. Um, And maybe we'll sprinkle in one of those like once a week just to kind of like let you know how things are going just so you can kind of keep tabs on your favorite AHL team. But yeah, I mean, looking forward, the Jackets, I mean, they've got a couple of games this week surrounding Thanksgiving. It is cruel and unusual punishment that they make anybody play any sort of sport on or around Thanksgiving because who is going to want to skate three miles after having devoured a holiday meal It's sure as shit not me, and I'm so glad that I don't have to be the one to do it. To whoever does, I'm so sorry for you. Um, But yeah, the Jackets have got a couple of games coming up before our next episode, and they're like... Well, first of all, of note, that has nothing to do with the actual game itself, the reverse retro jersey will debut on Wednesday, so that's Mm -hmm. exciting. The Jackets will be out there in that black and blue, and uh, that feels really fitting for a season like this, that their reverse retro jersey is black and blue, but... They'll be playing the Montreal Canadiens, which always a good time when they're in town. Mm-hmm. But then the New York Islanders on Friday. Yeah. Oh my it's... god, that's an eight o'clock start. Were we familiar with that?
1: Um, I wasn't until just now, but I am Ew. So I hate that. Why
0: is it okay? Not my not my circus. But so, a couple of games there. Kind of um, your
1: circus, though.
0: Kind of my circus. Um, so, obviously, a couple of games there against Montreal, New York. I mean, I think it'd be maybe ignorant for me to, like, speculate, like, what we're going to see in those games. I mean, I think it'll be what will be interesting is, like, seeing if Daniil Tarasov gets either of those games. Like, I don't know that he will, but it is going to be interesting to see if, like, they go to Korpi for both of those games. They might. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. And I don't think that Elvis is going to be healthy by then. And so we'll have to see what happens there. But, you know, obviously, like, Montreal is a fresh opponent. Like, Montreal is a Mm -hmm. team that you just played. And what a game that was. Like, so when you look at this one, obviously you hope that 6-4 to isn't the final stat line. But if it is, you hope that it's the way of the Jackets again.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, like, we've we've seen the Islanders once already um, in New York, and didn't super go our way. So, um, <laughs> you know, you just kind of, you just, it's kind of, it's not the 1% better, but it's like when I was texting with Jeremy last night, because I couldn't um, watch or listen to the first two periods of the game, and so he was keeping me up to date, and I said... I just want them to do better than they did the night before. Like, I don't expect them to win, but they just need to be better. And so, like, when they got (laughs) their first goal, I was like, okay. So, being better would be that they managed to get a second goal. So, that was really, like, my, you know, those were my expectations. And they, you know, greatly, you know surpassed those expectations obviously with getting five goals in the end but and two power play goals as we all know the power play has been long suffering but you know it's just to keep that positivity and to keep you know the momentum to support them during this sort of like extremely up and down tale of two teams you're not sure who's going to show up on what day like what's helping me is keeping this mentality of I just want them to do better than the last game even if they win even if they're coming off a win just do a little bit better win by two goals you know or win but don't go in like without win in regulation don't take it into overtime like
0: even there's even a scenario where like to me that's not even like result driven like it's not win loss driven they could come out and they could play montreal on wednesday and they could lose that hockey game and i can say with certainty that they could play a better hockey game than they did against florida because they did not play a good hockey game against florida so it's like even doing better for this team right now is confusing because you could win a game on sunday against florida and then you could play a team like montreal on wednesday still lose the game but if you play a full 60 minutes and if you don't get out shot by 27 fucking shots and you actually like are are pretty neck and neck with chances and it just so happens that you like don't win the game like obviously that's not the desired outcome but i think any chance you see improvement especially in a team right now that is so young and is still developing that's a win like it's a, even if it's not on paper i know that people get really upset talking about moral victories but you can go from losing a game on sunday and looking pretty rough to losing a game on wednesday and looking good and i think that at least for me i'm content with that
1: yeah, no, I 100% agree, and it's yeah, it's it's coming to the terms that this is going to be a rough, a rough season, but finding the ways to make it. Again, we're such like everything's a learning opportunity, people, because of our professional backgrounds. But um, it's not a terrible way to look at things. But and that also doesn't mean that we don't get. Frustrated, or we don't get upset when things go terribly because you know, I'm not one, Jeremy's normally the one to be more like upfront about it. But the other night, I was the one on our Twitter and I used the phrase shit show. So,
0: yeah, Laura had it for the Detroit game. So,
1: and it was sadness.
0: It was a shit show. I think you accurately described it when you called it that. Yeah, I mean, looking, I mean, And here's the reality, right? Like, the season has sucked at this point. Like, it's been challenging. But, like, having seven wins at this point, like, that's a turnaround in some ways. Like, and I think, like, even looking at the standings right now, like, obviously, like, significantly, like, out of it right now. You're seven points behind Detroit in the wild card spot, having played the same amount of games. So, like, that's not ideal. But, I mean, if you look at the Metro, like, you're two points behind Washington, who has played two more games than you. They are also dealing with a lot of injuries. You're only, you know, you're you're three points back of Philly, and that's all because of their hot start. But they've been challenged in the last few weeks. You know, you look at Montreal, and that's a team with 19 points in 18 games. You know, I I don't know that the Jackets are like this is not like a totally lost season at this point either. Like that's the other piece of this is like for as bad as the first few weeks have been. I mean like I get I get what people are going to say. They're going to say, "No, Jeremy, it's a done season." And I think you're probably right, but like I like technically speaking, this is this is not a great start, but it's
1: better than it could be. Right. And like we said in the beginning of the show, they haven't even played 20 games yet. There's 82 games in the season. The season is so long. I
0: I forget sometimes that we started our show in a COVID shortened season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like At this point, we'd be, like, a third of the way down with the season, the first year that we recorded.
1: Yes. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, everyone can speculate and say what they want. And I know that there's been a lot of, like, interesting, like, quote-unquote trade rumors or whatever. People looking at our pieces in order, you know, whatnot. But it's still an early on in the season. Now, obviously, by the end of December, we're not going to be able to use that excuse, like, you know, we will be pretty heavy on into nearing halfway. And so, um yeah, but there's there's still some hope there that we're not gonna win the Stanley Cup, but like you know, we're gonna watch some fun hockey, I think. So that's the important part. Oh, yeah,
0: it's gonna be fun hockey, it's gonna be chaotic hockey, it's gonna be hockey that might cost Brad Larson his job, but It's going to be fun to watch. (laughs) We're we're going to have a good time. Even when they're getting the ass kicked, I'm sorry, but like seeing another team put up seven goals is sometimes fun if you're like just a hockey fan and you don't like want to throw up every single time it happens, like Laura and I probably do. But but Laura, I have to say, before we wrap the show up, a couple of things still on my radar. So obviously, OSMR's Leakins goes to IR. That's not really anything more than just a transaction to be able to bring somebody up. Um, you know, Billy Sweezy, like we talked about, gets called up to be a seventh defenseman. I want to go away from the Jackets for a second and let you know that I'm getting nervous. Okay. The New Jersey Devils won again tonight, making it 13 wins in a row, which puts them only three games behind the Blue Jackets streak of 16 games back in the 2016-2017 season. And so – Somebody better beat New Jersey because I I can't handle that one thing that we have. Granted, still one behind the all time record in Pittsburgh, but still second all time win streak for the Jackets is in jeopardy.
1: Neil will be insufferable. <laughs> will be. <laughs> I love Neil more than more than the next guy, but I will be. <laughs> I just we can't I don't have the emotional capacity right now for New Jersey to take that record from us.
0: And let's look. Let's pull it up. New Jersey currently also 16 and 3. New Jersey is yeah. 16 and 3. They are well they're in the drivers. I mean, this is New Jersey and Boston's divi- like conference at this point. Like they're just absolutely like by far. Which way, just
1: but, makes me ill, but Yeah, um. Laura's
0: probably not handling that one well, folks. Sorry for bringing it up, but you look at – I mean, the Devils have definitely been close a couple of times to losing this one. I mean, they went into overtime this weekend against the um, against the Maple Leafs. But let's pull it up. What, is, what do the Devils have coming forward?
1: Yeah, what are their next three games? They're oh, going to win man. their next three games, aren't they? Well, <laughs> I can't say with any certainty they won't. So – the one well, more so, what are their next four games? Because 17 would, would put them at beating our record, 16 yeah, would three have them games at tying.
0: Yeah, 17 they would take over, they would tie first with Pittsburgh. Um, so their next four games, and this one is the one that could do it, I think. They play okay. at home against
1: Toronto on Wednesday. Oh, so. So you think Toronto might come in a little extra spicy since they got beat at their home arena?
0: No probably not I, I honestly New Jersey's probably gonna beat them like six to three um they've got Buffalo on Friday oh man and they've got Washington at home on Saturday so back to back games a little bit not rested yeah but Washington's been struggling. I will say their last loss came to Washington at home. Hmm. Washington beat them 6
1: to 3. Alexander Ovechkin just like gets a double hat trick.
0: He's just like fuck you all. I'm set- I'm scoring. I'm getting to 800 tonight. <laughs> um but yeah, and then they've got the Rangers on that following Monday in New York. So I mean, it's definitely not an easy tra- like track to
1: 17 mm-hmm. for them. But I mean, I would say Buffalo is probably the only like real given in in that situation. Yeah, Toronto a little
0: bit. I mean, they've kind of fallen off. They started pretty hot and this is like the tale of their like ways is like they start hot and then like everybody else figures it out and then they start to suck again. But I will say that Buffalo is not a cupcake either. Like Buffalo is not too bad this year. Tage Thompson's looked really good. You know, Alex Tuck is enjoying being in his hometown. I mean, that that's a good team in their own respect to some way. So we'll see. We'll see if the devils do it. I'll be pissed off if they do. I really thought the Oilers had something for him tonight. I was watching that game actually, like while I was laying on the couch and you know, Mike Skinner just like totally like is it Mike Skinner. I couldn't make that up. His last name is Skinner. Um, just absolute shit show. Dogged it. Like literally passed the puck to a devil wide open net. Like just easy. Um, I don't know. Is this bad to watch? Edmonton really could not figure that out. I honestly have been. I'm usually pretty on top of the NHL standings, like across the entire league. I have not been good at it so far this season. I think I just have so much going on, like that. I yeah. just have like, not paid a lot of attention. But
1: you, you kind of have a lot going on outside of our show and hockey. So I'm totally but... okay with the amount of information that you are able to.
0: Thank you so much. Pretty abreast of the Blue Jackets. But um, if the season ended right now, just for anybody who's maybe in a situation like me, in case anyone's curious, the playoff teams would be in the East, Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, New Jersey, Carolina, New York, Islanders, Detroit, and the Rangers. So that would be your playoffs in the East. In the West, Dallas, Winnipeg, Colorado, Vegas, Los Angeles, Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton. And the Blues have turned it around. The Blues are like right back into things. They're nine and eight now after having a really tough start.
1: Yeah. I'm like weirdly proud, and not really weirdly, but I'm just, I am proud of Seattle. Like, yeah, I, I,
0: we've talked about this before. Like, there are a couple of teams in the West that I don't mind being a little supportive of. My unpopular one is I don't mind the Avalanche. Like I don't like I would never like say I'm an Avalanche fan, but like if I had to pick somebody in the West, I would either pick Seattle or the Avalanche. Like I like would like to see those teams do well every year. And like obviously, like that's the off-ice commentary stuff though for me too. Like that's also like just yeah. a good feeling like they're top class.
1: Um you know, as as painful as it can sometimes be, like it has also been nice. And I hope other blue jackets feel this Blue Jackets fans feel this way too. Just seeing Oliver be able to thrive in Seattle. Um, And like, he just had his 400th game the other night and um, he seems to be fitting in quite well. Not that we won't endlessly miss him in Columbus. And we clearly don't want him to do well when they're playing us, but you know it is it is nice to see him sort of you know not sort of but like easily transition because that was a, a huge transition so easily transition for our beloved Oliver
0: yeah and i will say he is he is at least consistent in the sense that he does he is a streaky goal scorer he only has one goal this season so Um, but he's got uh, nine points total. He's got eight assists, so he's got nine and 18. So he's got a ways to go to make up. I mean, last year was a career year for him with 28 goals and 29 assists, both career highs, but um, he's got a ways to go to get to that. But he had nine power play goals last season. His one one goal so far this season in Seattle is is a power play goal. So, uh, yeah, always interesting to stay on track with Oliver. I mean, the other thing, too, is like in the last – one, two, three, four, four seasons. Actually, in only one season in Oliver Bjorkstrand's career did he shoot at less than a 10% like margin. Like he, mm. he scored 10% of his goals in every season but two. And that is the 2017, 2018 season. And then currently this season. Currently this season he has a 1.8% shoot like shooting percentage. Not great. Not great. Not it great. is what it is. Um but he last year he had a shooting percentage of uh, 13 13% of his shots went in the back of the net so he'll pick it up but that's enough about the other the rest of the league
1: <laughs> yeah at least at least he's playing i'm not sure uh, if cam is going to see the ice oh man in a well, railway.
0: well it's not like Jakub Vyoricek is Vyoricek.
1: That was an interesting way to say his
0: last name. It was. Jakub Voracek. It's not like he's playing any more games. So the comparison lives on. That is true. That is true. But what um, else is on your radar bringing it back to Blue Jackets land?
1: For, not for a ton. I mean, not a ton other than the fact that, like, we are making our grand return to Nationwide Arena this week. Um for our first couple of games since the home opener. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited to, to see some of our hockey friends that we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, well, I haven't seen you went to Finland with them. but um, So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for you to be home in Ohio and get to experience my hot mess of a life in person rather than just over the phone. So, you know... I'm just I'm excited to experience a little live a little live hockey this
0: yeah, week. It'll, it'll be good. And hopefully hopefully the results are good because I don't know that either one of us can deal with them being bad. Um, but I will say just real quick before we wrap up the show, we tweeted about it, but want to draw attention to to a situation revolving hockey in Columbus, um, just of the Scarlet and Grey variety. And specifically, um, you know, I'm gonna potentially butcher a name here, and so forgive me if I do, Um but Jagger Joshua is a, a Michigan State hockey player, and a couple of weekends ago, Ohio State traveled to East Lansing to take on the Michigan State Spartans, and I want to say Ohio State lost both of those games. that doesn't matter. Uh The thing that matters is that uh Jagger made a statement today, which also, ironically enough, Dakota Joshua is jagger's brother and he played at ohio state so there's a little this like goes a little deeper um but essentially jagger joshua released a statement that said on november 11th in our game against ohio state one of their players called me a racial slur multiple times one of the officials heard the slur and gave the player a game misconduct penalty there is an investigation by the big 10 in the days after the incident but no further public action has been taken by the big 10 conference or ohio state uh, that inaction has left me feeling confused and pessimistic about the movement of diversity within hockey culture. The ignorance of racism does not belong in our game. And I feel that I need to make people aware that this incident occurred because without acknowledgement, the problem gets worse. And so uh, obviously, Jagger Joshua, very, very brave and really unfortunate that he has to be courageous in that moment, but grateful for his courage coming forward and sharing that Michigan State also coming up in a big way, too. Um, the vice president and director of athletics, Alan Holler, said Michigan State Athletics stands with uh, Jagger Joshua and commends him for having the courage to speak up against racial injustice. As a department, we are committed to providing opportunities for all student athletes to compete in a space free from discrimination, racism, or hate. And then Michigan State head coach, Uh, Adam Nightingale said at Michigan State, we are committed to a safe and welcoming space for our student-athletes. It is important to me that all student-athletes feel comfortable and supported in our locker room and in our program. I am proud to have Jagger Joshua on our team. And so those are the kind of things that, like, I think, especially for me, like, and I know that you can relate to this, too, having worked in higher education, like – those are the kind of things that, like, I could think of how all this plays out on a college campus. Like, because I, I work on a college campus, I have students that I work with that are members of the Grand Valley hockey team. Like, I think through like moments like that, and just like how challenging it would be for any one of my students to have to process that, to go through that, while also being a student athlete. Like, that is so challenging. On top of the fact that there's just not space. I, I mean, like, actually, let me let me be radical here. There's clearly space for this in hockey. Because it continues to find its way in, like right, like I think you and I are very progressive in our like thought of like there isn't space for this. Clearly, there is. Like clearly, there is space for racism, bigotry, and hatred in hockey, and very clearly, it demonstrates itself here in this situation. It's demonstrated itself in many other instances as well. And the Hockey Diversity Alliance also spoke up on this, like shared this. Um, and I'm not telling you to do your research, but uh, only one player got a game misconduct in that game, so feel free to click away if that's something that that you're really interested in hearing. Laura put it very eloquently when she said, we don't have Ohio state lawyer money and she's not wrong. (laughs) So we're not going to say his name, but you can look it up. Um, And I almost would encourage you to do so. So, um, so Laura, I obviously want to give you space to just any thoughts that you have on the matter, but I I know for a fact that we are in agreement here.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. We are, you know, we talked about it prior to recording and, prior to posting it on our social media. And, you know, if you've been with us for a while, you know, the, um, the, the fight for social justice, um, in life in general, but specifically within this sport and within the sporting community is one of the reasons why we started doing this show. And, um, like Jeremy said, clearly there is space for this because the, action is not being taken. And for a system as big as the Big Ten, um, as a university uh, as large as Ohio State, um, they should not be taking this lightly. And as a city that supports Ohio State so vehemently Um, like I know there's going to be tens of thousands of you standing outside in the rain on Saturday you know as the football team takes on Michigan like you should want better from the people that represent that institution that you support so much just like we always want better from the people who play as Blue Jackets or play in the NHL in general like we're not saying all these things just because we want to like, we truly do want better. And there's absolutely no reason why your choice of chirping someone or saying whatever needs to be a racial slur or a derogatory comment in general. Like it's 2022 people. Like if you haven't seen the things play out with Mitchell Miller or I never remember the kid from Montreal, like, all these sorts of things like it's slowly but surely but there's just not space for this kind of behavior and we should be making sure that people know that we don't want there to be like just because someone's good at a sport doesn't mean doesn't give them the um per, doesn't give them permission to just act a fool all the time and say whatever the hell they want like so so yes, if you, you know, need to see more about his statement, which also Jaeger shouldn't have had to make a statement in general, he is the victim in this circumstance, um, but he felt so much like he was not being treated correctly or, and that the, seeing absolutely no response from the Big Ten or Ohio State, like he had to make this publicly known
0: yeah without a doubt and honestly i hope it gets even more attention referring to exactly what you said it's a big weekend in ohio state athletics and i know for a fact that the last thing that that institution wants is for this to be be so so forefront of people's minds when the national attention and really like even bigger than that is going to be on columbus this weekend and so you know you obviously hope for better for the people and for the teams and for the institutions that you care about. But Ohio state fucked this one up and they need to unfuck it up and they need to unfuck it up big. And so it was a big 10. And uh, obviously again, uh, just sending a lot of like healing energy to Jagger. And I know that that is not anywhere near enough, but obviously we send that. And if you're somebody who is affected and continues to be affected by racial disparities and, and prejudice and bigotry and hate, um just know that we appreciate you and we love you and we see you and we'll always continue to speak up when we feel we need to so um laura is there anything else on your radar
1: no i think that's everything
0: well good news twitter is still alive and so you my friend can tell the good folks where they can find us and you can
1: include twitter i can yes So you can follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook and TikTok at Subjectively Speaking, as well as YouTube. That's also our YouTube name. Um, If you want to learn a little bit more about us, about the show, or just get links to all the things that I'm talking to you about, you can check out our beautiful website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you want to, you know, help support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some super sweet merch in return, um, you can check out our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. I actually have something coming from that this week, so I'm very excited to get my own merch. Um, but we will be adding more things over the course of the next month or so when Jeremy's life isn't quite so hectic uh, and then hopefully a couple of new things. We are having lunch with our graphic designer on Wednesday. So maybe we'll slip in a little bit of shop talk when we're with Steven. But, and then lastly, um, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Uh, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down. Hit five stars. Um, it is our favorite number. Again, we don't know how the algorithm works. We just know things like... Likes and shares and comments and subscriptions and stars and all that sort of craziness um, helps for us to get noticed in the hockey podcast charts, as well as bring more people into this um, wonderful community that we are building. And so other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much.
0: And normally this is when I do my cute little clothes out, but uh, the Big Ten just released a statement about the, um, the Jagger Joshua situation that is pretty... Fucking asinine. And so I'm going to just go ahead and read that. Hopefully, that inspires people to then use all of the things that you just said to be pissed off and say something. So I'm just going to go ahead and go with that. So the Big Ten Conference is committed to providing our student athletes inclusive environments free from acts of harassment or discrimination in any form. The safety and well being of our, our campus communities remains our top priority. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read the paragraph after that that, like, diminishes all of that. Um, the conference office collected and evaluated information from the Big Ten Conference ice hockey officiating crew, The Ohio State University, and Michigan State University, and available video footage stemming from an incident involving ice hockey student athletes from both member institutions at Munn Ice Arena in East Lansing on November 11, 2022. Um, the conference supports the decision by the official to levy a gay misconduct penalty on OSU, Due to the absence of indisputable evidence presented to the conference, the conference has not impo- imposed further disciplinary action. The conference is dedicated to listening and learning from our student athletes and our equality coalition. We will continue to work together to constructively and collectively create inclusive, empowering, and accountability resources for our member institutions. Huh? Before we make this episode an hour and 20 minutes, huh? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, how can you support an official's decision to make a game misconduct call? and not feel like there's enough evidence to hold further action against the player.
1: Yeah, that should definitely be up for consideration of suspending a couple of games of requiring like some form of, you know, educational situation. These are institutions to higher education. Like, you know, it's not uncommon for a consequence for a college age student to be that they have to attend some form of training or a class of some sort, because you should not want this behavior from your students. So don't just have the official in the game, give him a game misconduct when he is actively, and you have video evidence of him using a racial slur towards another player, like that should be, as we always say, an educational moment. Like our learning opportunity. Because if least. you if you don't do anything, he's just gonna keep doing it, but he's gonna find other ways so that he doesn't get caught. Cause all you're doing is telling him, Oh, well, you were too loud about it and you got yourself caught, but all you got is a gay misconduct penalty. We're not gonna hold you accountable for your actions. Yeah.
0: Despicable. It's despicable. Um, God, that pisses me off so much. Okay. Anyway, take with that information what you will, folks. Speak out. I don't care if it's your beloved Scarlet and Gray. Fuck it. Like, just say something. And if you're not pissed off about it, like, do some evaluation self-reflection. But until next time, (laughs) um, please make sure that you take care of yourselves. Take care of one another call out racist behavior in your workplace in your school in your family and around your thanksgiving table and we will talk to you all next time bye